I want to speak to us this morning on a simple title called Steward Your Physical Health. Thank you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Father, did you hear that? <laughs> it's good that you come in agreement like that. Steward your physical health. Steward your physical health. Will you go with me to Psalm 91, verse 14 to 16? And we read, Behold, he holds fast to me in love. Sorry, because, apologies. Different translations. <laughs> because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. Is that what the Bible says? Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. Not maybe, not perhaps. I will deliver him. Watch this. I will protect him because he knows my name. Because he knows my name. Don't lose that. I'll unpack this as the Spirit of God wills. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I've been praying, God's not answering. Do you love him? Do you know his name? It's not like I hear of one of your names in the church and I say, who's that? It's not that knowing. That's the person with the red shirt that came on Sunday. That's not knowing them. When he calls to me, do you have this conviction? Do you have this confidence? When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Faith was not given to you, but to keep you when the enemy tries to come against you. It doesn't mean because you're a believer, the enemy is not going to try. What's important to understand is the word will deliver you. And God says, I will be with you in trouble. And then he says, I will rescue him. But he adds another dimension and honour him. Not only do you get rescued, you get honoured. There's so much in here. I call this the perfect will of God. With long life. How much? With long life, I will satisfy him. Then it's a profound thing. And I will show him my salvation. That clearly tells us there's a process. I will show him my salvation. It's not a one-off experience. So now I'm going to read it to you in the first person so that you do this over your own life. And we read, because you hold fast to me in love, I will deliver you. I will protect you because you know my name. 
When you call to me, I will answer you. I will be with you in trouble. I will rescue you and honour you. With long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Put it in the first person because that's what it's meant to be. Maybe I should just throw in seven and eight as well, just as a bit of an after. What do they call that thing when you've had a little bit of meal and then you eat that other stuff and it clears your palate for the next? What's it called? What's it called? Well, I've got 40 words coming. Palate cleanser. No, it's got another word. There's another word. It is a palate cleanser, but there's another word for it. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Do you have that confidence this morning? Think about this. Is this a rhema to you? Meaning, it's so real to you, this is where you live. A thousand, not one, a thousand when you see the destruction in the earth. The Bible says it's going to come upon the wicked. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the reward of the wicked. You will only look with your eyes. You won't be fearful. You won't want to hide in a bunker because that won't help you. Right? And see the recompense of the wicked. Amazing, eh? Amazing. Our physical health is to be stewarded by wisdom and understanding. You cannot eat just anything. We're living in a world where the food is controlled by the globalists. I don't know if you know that. I don't want to politicize the, the pulpit, but you need to understand that there's agenda at work and it's not God's agenda. And this is about money, always. About money. That's at the root cause. Because the Bible says money is power. Did you know that? Money is power. And so it can be perverted for the wrong things. So the reason we're to steward our health is that we can do, verse 16, how will we enjoy long life? How will we be satisfied and experience the salvation of God if we're ill? Once you think about this, this is Bible teaching. 
The Bible's not about feel good. The Bible's about hope, truth, victory, love, overcoming. And so what religion does is it marginalizes these truths in your life. And so you never have an expectation to work on this. Let me just tell you that for me personally, if you go to my Bible, my cover's in the green room, you will find my little healing scriptures that I speak over my life multiple times a week. You take vitamins, so do I. But I take the Word of God, which is the most powerful vitamin of all time. So I just keep it washing my understanding. So when symptoms come, I don't default to the symptom. I lay hold of the Word. And I speak the word until manifestation arrives. It's very simple. You know, let me just, before, this is quite a long preach, so um, put your phone, your family, and just say, put the oven down because you're going to burn the meat. No, no, I'm only joking. I could see the sweat already rising on the foreheads of people. I want you to see this. These are not mere words on a page. This is the word of truth. He wants us to have full life, long life, long life. He wants us to live satisfied. Are you satisfied this morning? And in this case, I'm not necessarily talking about material, although it could embrace that as well, because salvation is all of those. Are you satisfied with the quality of the life that you are enjoying? Because if you're not, you need to know Him. I'm not talking about salvation. Abraham was on a journey. God had called him out of paganism. But there was a point in his life where he knew of God and had responded, but he didn't know God because He didn't trust God when they went to Egypt where he shouldn't have been. So that will tell you that his knowing God had not yet fully developed. So if you don't know God like that, don't let the devil condemn you. The most important thing is that you're born again of the Spirit of God, you saved, and now you set your course of spiritual life in Christ, of getting to know your heavenly Father in a more intimate way. And if I get there, I'll touch on that 
as well. But I really don't want to rush past this. I think when I look at this of long life, I think of Paul. He lived a full life until his assignment was finished. Many times men have left the earth prematurely because they have neglected their assignment. And if you neglect your assignment, and I'm not on assignment this morning to talk to you about assignment. You're wise enough in God through His Word to know what that is. But if you neglect your assignment, then you give space to the enemy. Need to hear this. Truth will set you free. Truth will set you free. Truth sets you free. Amen? So the Bible teaches, as we've read here, those who hold fast to God in love. That's the numero uno. Doesn't matter how great our ministry is. Doesn't matter how many letters of commendation, recommendation we get. What's important is how much do we love God? Because you can love in little, medium, much, abundant, overflow, exponentially. Which one are you? The level of love determines the level of obedience. If you love God, you'll be obedient because you know the results that come from that. Amen. So it's interesting that love means to cling to God. Come here, son. Please. I want to demonstrate this. This is not clinging. This is not clinging. Clinging is this. Are you there? <laughs> Are you there with God? Are you there with God? We're talking awakening. We're talking about thinking of more in 2024, how much more do you think God wants to fellowship with you? Why did He give the Word? Because He gave, he gave the Word because He knows what the world's doing and what they're planning. You may hear this family. He will deliver he will deliver. It doesn't matter how intense that situation may be. He will deliver. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but He delivers them out of them all. Not one is left without being delivered from. Not one. Not one. 
I love this word deliver. In the Hebrew, it actually means he slips you out. Some preacher once said, sneaky Jehovah. Huh? Jehovah sneaky or sneaky Jehovah, yeah. Look at this. You must know him. When Jesus is born, the angel appears to Joseph and says, you need to get out at night. You must go to Egypt. That's the Son of Man. He sneaks him out. We're not God, so don't ask why. One day He'll tell us. But I strongly believe there's a place in that statement of complete obedience without question. He did not question why the angel said that. Amen. It literally means when he delivers, I will carry you away to safety. We're talking about stewarding our physical health. The word, I'm unpacking these, these few verses a little bit here. The word affirms his protection. What does God's protection mean to you? For goodness sake, thank God for the Oxford Dictionary, but they do not know the Hebrew language. The Hebrew language is extremely rich in, a, in, in expounding the truth. And so that's why in days of old they thought so differently. Well, the Greek does similarly. But that word protection means that He makes us inaccessible. Disease coming? Not yet, baby. What does inaccessible mean? It can't get to a place. His protection, that's what it means. I will make you inaccessible to harm. You want to see it work? They caught old Abraham kerfuffling with his wife. The Pharaoh did. But he didn't dare touch him. Under that time, he should have been annihilated. He lied to the Pharaoh. And don't go around lying and tell you, God, because that was a different era. I'm not giving you permission to lie here. You lie, you repent, and fast. Very fast. But I want you to see the protection. So very, very important. That word means that He will cause us 
to become strong and be able to overcome. Spend time with God so that you can learn. When that situation comes to you, you can with confidence say, in Christ, I can overcome. That's what it literally, literally means. What I'm not telling you, what I am telling you, sorry, is that there will be challenges. There is a mad devil in the earth. The Bible has already discussed him and said he walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. In other words, he doesn't know for sure, but he prods to see what comes out. And if the shields of faith are down, he goes, let's camp here. We've got some place here. Yeah, we can cause chaos. Is there not a shield of faith? Is there not a word, a sword, that goes forth from the mouth? If he touches and nothing comes, he stays. Hello? Come on, family. Nice, nice and simple. So how do we access these promises. He's already told us. (laughs) He said we're to hold fast in love to God. Now, as I've said many times and I will say many times more, this is not speaking against the medical profession. I'm not telling you that. But there is a higher and divine order where you can have a report from the medical profession and you decide whose report you will believe. Will you be able to say, I believe the report of the Lord? What is the Lord's report? That's what we've just read. So what's important, we begin with holding fast in love to God. And while we're loving on God, we're getting to know His name. We're getting to know His name. Now when you hear, he has many names. I don't know how many of you know the names of God in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, he is simply called Father, which is so amazing because all those names of the I Am become one of Father. And we, in the modern generation, I know we had some weird fathers, but normal fathers have a certain way they do life. And there's the confidence of knowing that you have a father. And so it's knowing 
God in love, but knowing His name. And this is where I want to just unpack this a little bit more. The word know is not a casual acquaintance. Remember the cling, the example of cling. To know is not a casual acquaintance. So people, the way we speak in the English language particularly is very haphazard sometimes. In other words, somebody, you will meet somebody and you'll be in a group of people and they'll say, Charlie Brown, and you'll say, yes, yes, I know Charlie Brown, but you only got introduced to him and had two minutes conversation. So we use that word no in the English language. We bastardize it because we don't really know the person. You can watch me every Sunday for 40 years, but do you know me? You with me? Do you know me? Do you know me? And so it's very important. I want to emphasize this very strongly. You can be a Christian. You can have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But you could be a doubter. Jesus had one of them. He, Jesus said to them a few times, have I been with you so long, yet you do not know me? In other words, <clears throat> you don't have the confidence in who I am. You know me as a spiritual icon, but you don't know me as a person. That's what salvation is about. To know Jesus, the person. To know when I say, Father, He hears. There's no distance. Words are spirit. They travel faster than the speed of light. God is spirit and He's omnipresent. So if you will, the Word is already in the earth because He said, the Word that's in your mouth, when you speak it, you align with who He is. It's already in the earth. This Word's not travelling from wherever the third heaven is, which they can't find. Come on, family. Do we know Him? Do we know His name? The Hebrew word is yada. And there are many, um, not many, but there are a few um, meanings to it. But I'm going to keep it as simple as possible. It certainly applies to intimacy. And as we walk with God through the years, the intimacy level that we have with God through Christ Jesus should intensify. 
That's just how simple it is. So we are to know Him. That word yada means to know Him properly. To know Him properly, which is intimately. Can you see? If you're not spending time with God, you will never get to this place. And then it leads in to a place where through observation and recognition, you see God's outworking. So you see a situation that seems unable to be resolved, but then you look at that situation through the eyes of the Word of God and you recognise I can do all things. This is not my battle. This is the battle of the Lord. I simply wait as I release His Word, continually believing His Word. You know, the Bible says throughout the verse in the New Testament, it says, when you pray, believe. When you pray, believe and you will receive. It doesn't say when you pray for three hours. It says when you pray, believe. It's an instant place, believe. If you don't feed your heart on the Word of God, you won't believe, you will reason. You will reason. You'll allow the Word of truth to falter through your unrenewed mind and it will nullify the creative force of God's Word. But that's not how we are. Can I get an amen? We are Word-based, Spirit-moved. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. So the Bible, this Bible represents, and that's what I want you to get to understand this morning. I don't want to give you three Scriptures for healing. Will they work? Yes, but you need to know the source. If you don't know the source and you think you can just say it, claim it and frame it, the enemy will come and whack you one and say, do you really believe that? Amen. Amen. So the Bible represents the heart of God and it affirms him, it affirms his love for mankind. And I want you to go with me to 2 Corinthians 5. And I want us to read 18 to 20. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18 to 20. Because what I want you to see here is the price that he was willing to pay to get healing to your body. When you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, your spirit man was born again, but your body was not. And you need to feed the Word of God and speak it over your body. Here we go. From now on, I'm I'm, what I'm doing here is referencing the God who has healed you. Just in case the devil comes to you and says, yes, but it's not for you. 
go here. From now on, therefore, we regard no one. I'm going back to 16. I thought I'm going to pick up from 16. I said 18. According to the flesh. What does that mean? Don't listen and don't make a judgment on the natural man. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard Him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Hello? What's new? Well, firstly, your spirit man. This has got nothing to do with age. It is not a reference new to time. It's important that you understand that. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how young you are. This is not speaking about aging. All things become new. It doesn't mean your body now looks like, I'm trying to find, where's these big men? Tino, there he is, right at the back. Stand up, Tino. Brother, thank you. You're not going to look like that. (laughs) You've got to do what he does, otherwise you can't look like that. Amen. You're a big man then. You don't want to take a club from him. (laughs) Verse 18. Listen to me carefully. All this is from God. Not your doing. Not my doing. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself. Don't let the devil lie to you. Well, you would but kick his butt with the Word. Not counting their trespasses against you. You were such a wicked man. Do you honestly think God can forgive you? The Bible says He doesn't count our trespasses against us because of His love. And I could go into something more here, but Tom, let me move on. Um, Lord, I should have probably gone there. But entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. It's God that began this journey. He reconciled us to Himself through Christ as an atonement for sin. He was dealing with sin. I'm going back in time now because I want you to get this. God is not trying to punish you. Your sickness is not more powerful than the blood of Jesus. You are not being punished. 
what you're probably not doing is having renewed your mind many years ago in these truths. And so you're still walking with some of those ailments. It's not getting very quiet in this Holy Ghost house now, boy. It's an atonement. The Bible says He doesn't reckon our trespasses against us. That's what you need to get. It's hard for human beings to understand because everything we do in life, we are judged. They either like us, dislike us, or don't care about us. That is not your Father. That is not God. That's why I wanted you to see this and I'll take it even further back into the Old Testament. All these trespasses are under the blood. Your healing is under the blood. Salvation came by the blood. Jesus got slammed, beaten beyond recognition, His body to bring healing to the nations of the world. Now, if you want healing by the teaspoon, you may have it by the teaspoon. I'm looking for a train load. How do you measure God? You and I should be pain-free. Well, that's ridiculous, is it? Did I not read to you? But I'll give you some more truth and see if that will nullify and wash away that mindset. So man was responsible for sickness in the earth, not God. Go with me to Genesis Genesis 3. Verse 8, it's a bit of a read, but I want you to see where it began and then I'll give you an answer. So man, why does God call sickness? He probably wants to teach me something. God is not schizophrenic. He can't send His Son to the cross, to die on the cross, His body to be mutilated. And then he goes, let them suffer too. Then why did he send him to the cross? We might as well go on to the cross. Genesis 3 verse 8, and we read, remember I said man was responsible for the separation from God. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. What does that tell you? God likes fellowship. God enjoys fellowshipping with man. You are made in His image and likeness. There's no other creation that's made in His image. Only us, not even the angels as powerful as they are, they are not made in the image of God. We are. And the man and his wife 
hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Whenever we are not in unity with God, we will hide ourselves. And the devil will feed that one. He'll try and push us further and further away from God. But the Lord God called to man and said to him, where are you? Verse 10, and he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid. I want you to see this. We pursue the presence of God. You heard us say that many times in this church. Did you notice here they ran from the presence of God? They ran from the presence of God. Because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you you were naked? Now they weren't naked as you and I think, okay? They were clothed in the glory of God. That's what they lost. The resurrected power that we're going to walk in. We're not going to walk around nude in heaven. We're going to have a garment of righteousness that we have now, but we just can't see it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, yeah, we go with the plan. Oh, let me back up to the man. We better not let him get off. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? When you require health, do you go to the tree of knowledge, of good and evil, or do you go to the tree of life? Which tree do you eat from? Are you listening to me, family? The man said, the woman who you gave me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord said to the woman, amazing how God holds individuals accountable. What is it that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this thing, cursed you are above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you will go and the dust you shall eat all the days of your life. Listen carefully to verse 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Let me go back there. I will put enmity between you and the woman. Why? Because Christ had to come out of the seed of the woman. But I want you to see something that should give you a great big shout of hallelujah or more. The moment the enemy came and did that, the moment he did it, God initiated the solution. Immediately, Christ was positioned to come into the earth. That's what the Bible says. I will 
God doesn't get caught off guard. So if you look at this, God is love. And immediately he initiated the solution in the Garden of Eden. Verse 15, I want you to get this. The Bible says you to build your faith on two or three witnesses. And I want you to see that it started in the Garden of Eden. Well, God doesn't heal, doesn't He? There was the pool when they got into the water, when the angel moved the water, they were healed. Come on. They walked in the wilderness, three million Jews. There was none sick nor feeble. Yet they had come out of eating slavery food. How is that possible? Everything is possible with God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? So what we see as all the riches of mercy, sorrow, and the glory of God's redeeming work through Christ Jesus in verse 15 is given in miniature form. It started in the Garden of Eden. And I'll show you when they went. When the, I'll give you that scripture as well so you can just see. What I want you to see here is God is not pro-sickness to teach you anything. You cannot put that on God. That is your doubt and unbelief. Don't put it on God. Exodus 15, 26. Let's go there. Exodus. What is Exodus about? They're coming out of slavery. Right? Anybody there? You're not sure what Exodus is about. It's where they're coming out of slavery. And the Lord says this to them amongst many other things, but we're focusing now on health, healing, and divine well-being. There are different levels you can live in. You can believe God for healing, and you should. But why not believe God for divine health? Exodus 15, verse 26, God's saying this. He says, saying, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God. That's how he starts. Now you need to get this. If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, put a jersey on. I don't need the jersey on. Next morning, sniffles. You're not in a supernatural body. You're in a natural body. Use wisdom and understanding. You can't run 150 kilometers and wonder why you had a heart attack. Use your brains. Come on, family. 
can't eat food. It's full of preservatives and wonder why your body is taking strain. These people never ate like that. There were no fridges. There were no preservatives. Saying, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God. Now listen carefully. Condition number two. And do what is right in His sight, not yours, not mine, not the government. Do what is right in His sight and give ear to His commandment. Number three, give ear to His commandment. Love your neighbour as yourself. Forgive. If you don't forgive, I can't forgive you. Third one, I mean fourth one, and keep all His statutes. Forgiveness. Humility. Those are statutes that you can walk in. Then He says, after that, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians. And he makes the final commitment. For I am the Lord who heals you. For I am the Lord who heals you. In the um, New Kings James, um, sorry, I am the Lord your healer. In the New King James, you can see I'm coming out of the New King James. It says, I am the Lord who heals you. Meaning, I am Jehovah Rapha. Meaning, I will deliver you from the curse. The very thing we read in Genesis. When the curse came through man's disobedience. Through our disobedience, we have opened the door to the devil many times, intentionally or unintentionally. James says when temptation comes and you yield to that temptation, you open your life. Lord says, come, let's go and spend time. No, I'm, I'm watching this murdy movie and these knickknacks are just amazing. I'll go later, God. People watch horror movies and then wonder why they've got fear. People watch murder movies. Why would you want to watch murder movies? Murderers are going to hell. Why do you want to watch murder? I gave up detective movies a long time ago. Are they wrong? They don't do anything for me. Rafa, to cure, to heal, to repair. What in your body needs repair. 
What in your body needs repair? It means to restore to health. If you don't have health, Jehovah Rapha says, and now we have the new covenant, which is even more powerful because it's in us, not on us. Now we have the blood of God Himself having washed us clean. They didn't have that. They just had a promise. So the main idea of the word Rapha means physical healing. That's what it means. And it started in the Garden of Eden and it has not stopped. It went through while they travelled to the Promised Land. As I don't have time to go into the na- that now, but you know that, I pray you know that. So, so many have tried to deny the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ and said it doesn't exist, and teach against divine healing. I've just read it to you. This verse speaks that there is disease in the earth and there is healing, and it's one of many. But I wanted you to see that when the Israelites were brought out of Egypt, a type of the world, coming out of the bondage of sin that they were in. Remember why they landed there. Sin. They turned their back on God and landed up in captivity. But before they went to captivity, He told Abraham, I'll bring them out. Because your sickness is not a surprise to God. Your ailment is not a surprise to God. Where did this come from now? I thought I'd sorted him out or her. Can you see? Family, steward, your body. Don't idolise your body. Don't make it an idol. Steward it. In other words, manage it. And don't go over the top with diet because that's what happens to most people. They either this ditch or that ditch. Use wisdom and understanding. 